when you're working with something like the sexual energy, like it's an exaggerated joyful energy, right? Like an orgasm or like the clitoris, like all the nerve endings of pleasure right there. So you're training your brain and your body to experience pleasure in a safe way. You're telling the body like, it's safe. The more that we train, it's almost like you're training for joy and you're training for self-love. You're training for creativity. You're training for to be okay with change and innovation. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's extremely amazing to start working with this energy and reclaiming it for you because it is for you first and foremost to experience and to enjoy. Welcome to In Full Color. In Full Color is a show for creative beings, modern visionaries, and the dreamers of a more colorful world. On this podcast, we enter into a space of inspiration, possibility, and wonder, where we tap into our innate creative power together. Alongside muses, creators, and changemakers like yourself, we discuss the power creativity has to connect us to ourselves and to each other and to change the world for the better. I'm your host, Amy Lore. I'm an author, artist of all kinds, and personal guide for visionaries who are ready to bring their inspiration to life. This space is devoted to your unfolding, to the light you're here to shine and the life you're here to live. I invite you to bring your fullest self to this moment, all that you are in full color. Hey friends, welcome back. Today we are joined by the amazing Natalie Raphael. Natalie is a spiritual guide, a movement instructor, a feminine empowerment coach, and actually my best friend. Natalie utilizes the wisdom of the body and the wisdom of the heart to guide modern women to a place of ease. And she definitely gives us a beautiful taste of that in this spicy, unhinged, soothing, deep, and everything else wonderful episode. Um, Natalie has gained so much expertise on the body just through her own personal experience. She's very body oriented, but she's been a dancer for 24 years. She uh, has more than a thousand hours of diverse yoga and meditation teaching experience, all kinds of certification um, within the realm of yoga and tantra, reiki, etc. This is one of my longest and probably most value-packed episodes yet, so I won't linger in this introduction, but before we jump right into the episode, I'm excited to share with you something that I hinted at in last month's podcast episode, which is that I have just published a journal. It's called The Rising Sun Journal, and it's a companion to my book, Like the Sun at Midday. You don't have to have read Like the Sun at Midday to enjoy and explore the journal by any means, uh, but the questions and the prompts throughout it are inspired by the content of the book and my own journey that inspired it. In the year of my life, which like the sun at midday focuses on, I gained so much clarity and comfort through the process of journaling and I felt like I just got to know myself on this whole new level and so that is the intention that I put into curating this experience for you Um, and I just I hope you enjoy it. I'll 
put the link in the show notes, but you can find it at journal.likethesunatmidday.com, just typing that into the URL bar. Um, so this will make a great little gift for yourself. We also have the holidays coming up and this could make a really sweet little stocking stuffer or just a gift for a loved one who is interested in exploring more of themselves, introspection, um, but also has that adventurous spirit within them. If you're not yet subscribed to this show, go ahead and plus press the little plus button up in the corner if you're on Apple Podcasts or hit the follow button on Spotify. I only post an episode once a month, so I won't be bombarding you with notifications, but would love to keep you in the loop and just have you a part of this community. Thank you again for being here. It really means so much to me. I'm sending you a big, big virtual hug. And without further ado, let's get into this juicy, delicious episode. I'm going full dark now. <laughs> She's in the cave. <laughs> I'm a yogi, okay? <laughs> what do you deeply wish to create in this lifetime? What do I personally, or like for this world, what do I wish? Mm, both, or whichever okay. one feels like it's most charged. Hmm. Well, it feels less about me. Um, I don't really think about that a lot of like, what do I wish for myself? Because I think as a yogi, I'm constantly in this practice of like self-study. So it's kind of like the lens of reality that I'm living in is in this place of like, how can I be of the highest good to me and of others? What usually makes sense for me really authentically like truly for me for like my highest self like s you know with a capital s self most of the time is for the best of others as well um Mm -hmm. so what i wish for myself is just to continue to have that mindset of almost not thinking about small me about ego me about like what's the next thing that's going to like make me happy and really continue to think broad scale, think um, society at large, how can we all elevate? What brings everyone to a higher state of joy, to a higher frequency, to a higher vibration? It's so not about like what I desire. What I desire is almost like irrelevant because spirits just boom, can you pay attention? So it's like, I I desire to continue to listen to God. I desire to continue to follow spirit as opposed to trusting the small self or trusting the brain. Like this idea that I know best or something like that. When really there's this co-creation that's happening in every moment. So I desire to continue to stay on my path and continue to um, allow God and spirit to be present in my life and to guide me while also taking action steps forward so that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm just like using that as an excuse of like well like spirit asked me to text you so like I don't know like all right like that's just a booty call you know (laughs) like not not using it as like an excuse to act out um but rather really having that integrity of okay I get the message all right I'm going here now so I wish that for myself and I wish that for all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds to me like the desire to cultivate that trust and that kind of flow state 
with source as this divine co-creator like we're co-creators of this life with that force and we have free will so we could just kind of run wild and create on our own and life might kind of slap us in the face a little bit and push us into different directions but at the end of the day we have freedom and there is something super beautiful and empowering about turning back to that original source and being like, no, I want to create with you. I want to listen to your guidance. I want to like be on this path with you. Yeah, that's something that I love about the access consciousness tools is how um, access consciousness asks us to co-create with the universe and almost throw the ball into the universe's court and ask questions to the universe like universe how delightful of a day can you show me like show me universe show me what a delightful day looks like show me what my maximum joy looks like instead of affirming like i am joyful i am joyful you know that different energy (laughs) like i don't have to do it alone we're here Mm -hmm. to support each other and like skip and like hold hands with each other not in a codependent way in an interdependent way of like learning to be interdependent on the universe and learning to be interdependent on one another um Mm. that there's a difference between interdependence with the universe and then that like victimization that I was kind of saying of just like oh like well like I just follow the flow and then like not taking action or there's almost like a codependent relationship um with spirit in that sort of a way, if there isn't actions being taken. And like you said, if you're not exercising free will, the choice that you have after the message is received. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's this unique blend of surrender to whatever the divine flow is, and then also taking that individual action and like having that empowerment. And it looks so different in every moment, that balance of surrender and action and it's just something to continue to be present with. Yeah. And it very much reminds me of like the masculine feminine balance. Mm-hmm. So kind of just depending on um, what your unique blend is and learning more about, okay, am I more the type of person that has maybe an imbalanced masculine or an imbalanced feminine that can determine whether or not it makes sense for you to surrender a little bit more and to trust in the universe, or are you more of a person that needs to take action? Um, So yeah, that can just stem from a number of things, including just your natural genetic makeup, um, the way that you saw your parents interacting with one another, the way that your parents interacted with you, um, and the societal pressures to be in a certain energy as well. Yeah, I love that you brought in the masculine feminine aspects because it's so much fun to think about those in the process of creation because they're kind of like two different hats we can put on and apply to whatever we're creating and they're very interchangeable it's not like you just have to pick one um but what's your perspective on like how does the masculine create and how does the feminine create I love what you said about there it being important for there to be a um interplay between the two um I can speak from my personal experience so I used to be very uh rigid and like I would like make myself do something so like if I said I was going to do it on Tuesday like I'm doing it on Tuesday regardless of if my body and my heart and my mind like if every layer of me was saying no it's like well I made this commitment like I gotta push through so that sort of warrior essence of like push push go like that is 
that loud, or like when it gets loud, that to me feels very masculine. Um, and that could be useful for especially men to um, cultivate more of. Um, but with the feminine energy being a little bit gentler and a little bit slower, um, actually a lot gentler, let me be honest. <laughs> it's like a lot gentler, a lot slower, a lot more emotional. It's like a slow cooker. It's like cooking a meal in a crock pot versus like microwaving a meal or something like that. <laughs> or, or even, I don't want to say microwave because I don't want to like poo-poo on masculine energy. More like sauteing vegetables, you know, versus mm -hmm. like a slow cooker. Both are great for different uh, times. Yeah. Um, but learning to slow down what I've noticed within my own work, within my relationships, um, within my abundance, like everything, when I do less, like, and what I mean by doing is quite literally act less when I run around less <laughs> and I ask myself in each moment, what feels natural, what feels organic, which doesn't mean that it's not going to be uncomfortable. So what's natural is not all the time. What is the most, uh, like, like the easiest route, the quickest route to pleasure mm -hmm easy or is different than like organic or natural this makes sense to do next this feels the best to flow into that's a different energy than like what well, told myself that i need to do this thing on thursday so i do on thursday or else or else what <laughs> so <laughs> setting setting these standards up of like i have to act this way almost being like a dictator to mm -hmm. myself letting go of that and then creating from universe what can I create today? Trusting that, following through with that, and not having for the thing to be fully complete, letting it change, letting it shift, just like the feminine does. Like mm -hmm. all of this has allowed me to just have a lot more fun, letting a lot more fun, a lot more um, innovation with my ideas, whether it be like a flow that I'm coming up with or a, um, like a sequence, like a music playlist or something that I want to share with clients. There's a very different essence of sitting down and saying, okay, I need to create right now, putting that pressure, that time, that structure, that's very masculine approach. And the feminine is like me waking up at like 4.44 AM and like getting <laughs> a spurt of like, oh, I need to play like these four songs for my private client tomorrow. And trusting that that information was sent to me by God, that that information's important, if not more important than me sitting down and trying to think, okay, what song should I pick? It's mm -hmm. a head place versus an embodied place where the heart is involved, the pussy's involved, the every your energy's involved, God is involved. It's a multi-dimensional experience versus just a head experience making a decision from one place versus like infinite places right totally and I think that playing in those masculine and feminine edges and trying on those energies it can feel like a little bit of a push at first especially because there's so many I perceive a lot of imbalances in masculine and feminine dynamics within the individual, within relationships, within our culture at large. I think we're in a stage of really figuring that out and 
deepening into something that feels a little bit more true. And I find my creative practices to actually be really soothing and healing for those imbalances. And um, by going into these different edges, we gain access to my deeper masculine side or my deeper feminine side to the full capacity of my heart or my head or my pussy or my energy body, all of it. And we don't have to use them all at once, but it's so beautiful to have access to that and be able to like pull that tool off the shelf whenever the time comes for it. Uh, And I've, yeah, like I was saying, I found so much healing and growth and expansion through creative practices. Thinking about when I first started creating art again, um, a few years ago, I was painting lots of soft feminine bodies, which felt almost taboo to me because I was in a place where I felt really uncomfortable with my body. I wanted to be thinner and firmer, (laughs) these kind of more masculine qualities, but I was developing into a curvy, luscious, beautiful woman and didn't know how to make sense of that. And so through the act of painting these really delicate, juicy, curvy women, it helped me find the beauty in the feminine and deepen into the feminine and find more acceptance in that. And then I think about other creative projects like writing my book. That took some masculine energy on my part. It took a higher caliber of focus and dedication um, than, than pretty much anything I've ever worked on. So the creative space for me has just been such a safe playground to cultivate these skills and not only get to enjoy them and the outcomes of my art, but within myself and then the way it reflects in my human relationships and the way that I relate to the world has just been really, really magical. Oh, that's amazing. I have a question for you. When you were creating art again, um, Did you know at the time that's what you were doing or did this reflection come afterwards? No, the reflection totally came afterwards, maybe even like a year or two afterwards. I put Mm -hmm. it together. I was just intuitively called to it. And Mm -hmm. there were a few people who had come into my life who put art supplies in front of me and that was really helpful. Uh, But it was this, you know, months and months of just every night kind of close to close to bedtime, um, sitting on my floor and just painting. And I, I couldn't stop doing these figures. It's like, it was, it was almost painting me rather than me painting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point. It's like, you weren't making sense of it and you weren't trying to make sense of it. You were just following the flow and you were just letting spirit move through you. So that, um, that out of mind into body, that idea that's so powerful for creation, um, almost necessary for creating from a feminine place. Totally. And the understanding will come later if it needs to. Yeah. But it's also okay giving self permission of like, I don't know what that was, but it felt good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's been a really good thing. Wanting to like make meaning of everything just putting that aside for a little bit during the creation process is so uh, healing and 
nourishing to the feminine. Yeah, that's been another gift of art of just like, I'll make things and be like, I don't know why I made that, but Mm -hmm. I actually don't really need to know because that's just what was moving through me. And now I'm going to move on to the next thing and continue being present and giving my love to the next thing that's in front of me. Um, It's fun to make meaning out of things. And I have a mind Mm -hmm. that's very wired for making meaning out of things. And that gets me in trouble sometimes. Um, But, you know, can also be one of my superpowers. but yeah, finding a lot of nourishment and just like, oh, that's interesting. All right, what's next? <laughs> yeah, something. So I was just teaching a group yoga class and something that I said a few times was like, it's okay if it feels weird. Yeah. It's okay if it feels a little weird, you know, because sometimes people, you know, maybe are being asked to do a different movement that isn't a quote yoga pose in a yoga class. And like, yeah, it's all yoga. It's breath movement linking together this is still a vinyasa flow so watching the mind create judgments or create stories and then meeting that moment um, almost like a wash letting the breath be a wash over those judgments or stories and doing it anyway that can be a way to drop out of the masculine um and into the feminine it's like i'm just gonna breathe through this thing and it's not a calculated thing. It's not like step one. I see. I mean, you could, if you wanted to like step one, see the judgment. Step two, breathe through it. Step three, it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) They can also just be like, I'm going to take a breath. Easy. See what happens. More of an experiment rather than a three-step process. That three-step process. That's very masculine. That's structured. Boom, boom, boom. This is the way it needs to be rules versus how i don't know multiplicities multi-dimensionality is infinite possibilities more of a feminine approach (laughs) Uh, when you just said that phrase i felt my mind kind of turn into a soup (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) exactly yeah well i'm glad you brought in yoga because it's something i wanted to talk with you about because in the many wonderful moments I've gotten to experience a yoga class with you. You bring such a creative energy to that. And I move in ways I've actually never moved before. Um, So I'd love to hear about your creative process with yoga. And also, I guess this is a bigger question, but like what the practice of yoga can show us about creativity and creative flow, creative energy. Yeah. So the practice of yoga, um, can teach us about creativity because there is kind of this balance, like we were saying, between structure and freedom. So you are the structure of your mat, the structure of 60 minutes, the structure of someone else guiding you, and then you get to make choice from that place. So there's something super sweet about having a little bit of restriction that can actually bring you to a deeper state of freedom or a deeper state of creativity that maybe you wouldn't have reached if you could just boundlessly done whatever for that hour. It's like, if you get rid, so let's say we're doing like an improv dance class and okay, you can move everything. Actually, let's make it more interesting. Let's say it's like BDSM. So you're having sex with someone and it's like, you can touch everything, but my pussy. They're going to do a lot more creative things than like, if you're just, a normal day having sex, you know, like their mind is being asked to get pushed into a different place because of that restriction. 
So yoga has certain restrictions already built in. There are certain postures. Um, there's someone else that's guiding you, et cetera, et cetera. And so an increase in creativity can occur because you do have that structure. Um, mm -hmm. Everyone's body is so different and it requires different things for different days. So there is this creation process. Huh, what's here today for me? That inquisitiveness, calling upon intuition, that's all creative energy. Um, trusting that, learning how to work with that as opposed to against it um, within the class. So a teacher might say like triangle pose. Um, but if there's this suggestion to like, all right, let's take a few breaths here. Okay, now feel into it, make it your own. Maybe mm -hmm. you um, wiggle your hands um, in, in a sort of like scintillating way or uh, you wave your arm back and forth as if you're feeling like like a tree branch waving in the wind or something like that. So um, there are many ways that we can adjust our bodies so that we are listening to our inner creation. We're listening to our womb space. We're listening to our heart space, the creative space within us that's asking for uh, our attention and for it to be moved through us through the body is one of the ways that we can fully express um, the second chakra. Mm, yeah, I love the way you talked about the container of yoga and the freedom that also lives within it. And it's making me remember also in that same time frame when I first began making art again, I was in a deep yoga phase and like going to lots of yoga classes. I felt a lot of healing happen in my sense of like self-confidence and self-consciousness and the disparity between those two things um, by going to a yoga class because when I first started going, I was like feeling like people were judging me because my I couldn't do the headstand or I, you know, tipped over a little bit when we were in crow pose or whatever it was. Like there was this kind of sense of competition that I carried in from the outside world into the studio. And um, also this sense of not wanting to look like a weirdo or be judged. And through my practice in a yoga studio and in a class, I realized like everyone here is actually just, first of all, focused on themselves. Everyone's here to feel good. There's no judgment about what I'm doing and there's no right or wrong way for me to be doing this. And I got all those downloads just from repeated visits to a yoga studio and being in, in this practice where I was moving my body and moving my breath as I was processing these emotions. So I feel like I came out of that deep uh, yoga phase that I went through just feeling more comfortable in any space, like things we learn on our mat, we can really transfer to every single area of life. There's this one phrase that you use often actually of like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Um, and so yoga can be a really cool place to kind of set those things into place and copy and paste the downloads that you get onto whatever your creative practice is or onto your relationships, onto your um, career, et cetera. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's so cool. And I love this story too, because from my understanding, you weren't going to yoga for the intention of like, I want to um, become a less competitive person. I, I want to mm -hmm. feel more in community with everyone and less 
judgment. I want to feel like a, a sense of people are on my side and not against me. I want to feel more comfortable with me, my body. You're probably just going there to like get a workout and like <laughs> meditate a little bit. You were like, yeah, like Shavasana is really cool. Like some crazy stuff happens sometimes to me. <laughs> when I'm in, but like, I'm mainly here because like it helps my anxiety or something like that. But you're getting all these like passive benefits that are really, really life changing. And the things that you mentioned you are not the only one. Mm -hmm. So know that if you're listening and you've experienced these things, or if you're curious about what Amy just said, starting yoga is a great place to start to work um, through some of that self-love, um, body image, um, feeling like you belong, like you are home here on this planet, you're home here in this city, in this community, like people are not out to get you, they're here to help you. Mm -hmm. um, that's really, really a big one. Yeah. So that's amazing. That's so cool. Thank you. And that relates just so much to expression because when that f barrier, that wall of fear of like, what do other people think about me? When that gets lowered, so much more is possible. When judgment kind of falls away, creativity really, really blossoms. Yeah. I love what you said too about how like you realize that like, oh, everyone's like here for themselves. They're yeah. not actually they're not here to like watch me and judge me. <laughs> like how silly of me to think like really how egocentric to think all these people paid 20 to 30 dollars just to like make fun of me like that's some shadow shit like oh, it is you know yeah. <laughs> um but so many people have that so know that if you think that that is okay a lot of us start there and know that it's not true <laughs> um and that the fact that we're all here to work on ourselves, it's like we can hold both space for ourselves and the healing space for others in this place. It's not just um, somewhere like therapy, maybe where it's one on one. And it's like you're both um, you're both there for the healing and, and the dissection and analyzation of the, the person that's paying for the service versus a yoga class. It's like you're all there. For you but you're also there as like space holders for each other mm, you're, yeah. there's a community aspect to um, something like a yoga class um, that's different than something like therapy now therapy someone can feel like your friend and and you can get a sense of like oh, okay you know they got my back um but you're not really holding space for them it's not like we're in this together you know that teamwork feeling of like Okay, here we are. Oh, okay, we all got to Shavasana. Mm. Those sorts of moments of like when you inhale and then you exhale and you all exhale together, you don't get that in something like therapy. It's completely different. The energy is focused on the one. And in a community um, or in a world where a lot of things are very self centered and you can feel really separate and alone doing things like going to a yoga class can be extremely beneficial for feeling like you're not alone um and for loneliness yeah absolutely on the topic of yoga and the body and whatnot i i want to dive a little bit deeper into the body and something that you spend a lot of time working with, something that I know you ponder quite a bit. First of all, how would you define what it means to be embodied 
because I feel like that's a term we're hearing more and more. And I've been hearing it for a few years and did had no idea what it meant for a long time. And then I hear different definitions. But what does it mean to you to be embodied? Mm-hmm. Being embodied is when you choose to co-create with your body rather mm-hmm. than um, against it. Mm-hmm. And creation is happening in every moment. Yeah. So for instance... I can give a perfect example. Yesterday, I was with one of my coaching clients and um, she, her hunger turned back on. So we're working through some things regarding a transition, a transition out of a big relationship. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when we go through these big life transitions, our bodies can start to shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she was in what's called the dorsal vagal shutdown. And so in that state, you can get to a place where like your, your organs begin to even shut down um, if it's very extreme. But this loss of hunger, it's kind of like, think like freeze, but to an extreme. It's very slow. It's like, like you're, um, you're not even, you're past the point of crying. It's like, I don't know why I'm so like, I don't even feel sad about this. Mm. I just kind of feel dead. So it's very, yes, it's very extreme. We've likely all felt it um, to a certain degree. um, But living in that state, it's something you can get out of. um, And working with someone can be um, beneficial to help speed up the process and kind of move you into the direction of like okay let's let's almost hack your biology and do some body movements and some breathing exercise some somatic Mm -hmm. techniques to like drop you deeper into um more of a balanced state of being so anyway so a part of being in dorsal vagal shutdown is that um your hunger turns off and so by the end of our session she was saying so she hadn't been eating that much Um, And this is normal after a breakup too. So know that you're not alone. And um, by the end of the session, she was ready to eat. And she's like, this is so crazy. Like, I can't believe I actually feel hungry. This is the first time I felt hungry for like a week and a half. Um, And so I asked her what she wanted to eat. And she's like, well, I've been eating fruit. So I feel like that's the choice to go with. And then I asked her if that's what she, if, if that's what felt alive for her right now, does fruit feel alive for you right now? Right? Because it's like, just because you've been eating fruit. Okay. But what's the present moment asking of you? And she told me that she wanted to go get a burger. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's an embodied answer. It wasn't, well, I should probably eat fruit because blah, blah, blah. The embodied answer of, hmm, okay, this doesn't quite make sense, but my body is telling me this thing in this present moment. Um, I don't quite understand why, but I'm choosing to trust it. It is decision-making from a state of peace, of calm. It's very, very hard to intuitively um, act or live. You cannot live an embodied life if you are in fight or flight. If you're in fight or flight, you're not in an embodied state. So first of all, you have to 
calm yourself down and get to uh, parasympathetic more or less for most of your existence. <laughs> um, or, or at least, you know, start off your day that way, maybe do some exercises throughout the day. Um, but it does take time and effort to live in a body life. Um, but there's so much more joy. There's so much more excitement. There's so much more creativity. There's so much more abundance in all of the forms. Like it's just fun. <laughs> I think it's super fun and like a mystery, like, like it makes life interesting because that, Ooh, this is new. This is unexpected. Maybe a little bit of an edge. <laughs> yeah. It's like an, it's like orgasm. It's like, Whoa, Whoa, what? Huh? What? Ah. It's like, you know so many uh universes are opening up it's like oh. when you live in a body life totally totally um when you were speaking about her saying like well I've been eating fruit so like that seems like the thing I should eat now mm-hmm. that that whole kind of concept I've been feeling very aware of that in myself lately and like you know me you know I'm a creature of habit I go to like the same three restaurants and um I eat some of the same vegetables every week and I go to the same pool almost every day like I I like my habits um and I'm trying to find this balance between going off of things like kind of sourcing my direction and my activity from the mind of like, oh, well, I did this thing before and it worked. So yeah, let's like go do that versus that tuning into the heart space, even placing a hand on my lower belly, like below my belly button and just asking the body, asking the heart, like, what do you want right now? And allowing it to be illogical. Um, that's so much more exciting. And I think that it's very easy to go based on the old patterns and the old scripts because because they're safe and we know it creates something that we like. But yeah, like you're saying, there's so much more magic and mystery and just stepping into that body and heart place. So I've been feeling very aware of that. And even in conversations of like, if someone asked me a question and I've been asked that question before and then I'm like, oh yeah, let me just like pull up that file. Do, 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 do. Here's my response versus, well, actually what's true for me right, right now, maybe it's the same thing, but maybe there's something new there. And so when we go off of those old scripts and we you know, base of our action and behavior and conversations from these files in the mind, we're just reliving an old creation versus not only just like creating something new, but being present with the new creation that is coming through and available for us to enjoy. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I like that physical example you gave too. Um, a part of doing a movement practice that is out of control, out of mind, a hundred percent into body is training the, the, the receptors in the mind to be okay with no script with present moment awareness. It's training the self to like, like no past, no future, just now that's embodiment. Yeah. Yeah. Acting from that state of being, whether that is, um, you're going on an intuitive walk. That's something I like to assign to some of my clients. It's like, you know, like with no, um, no plan, 
give yourself like plenty of time, like an afternoon where you don't have things to get to and like see where you end up. Just letting the body guide you as to where and how you choose to um, draw your feet on the earth throughout your walk. Yeah. Rather than, okay, I'm going to go here and um, I'm going to walk 30 minutes this way and 30 minutes that. That is okay too. Just like I was saying earlier, how these boundaries within yoga within the yoga classroom can offer us an extreme amount of creativity that we may not have tapped into otherwise and going full-blown like just present moment that's true embodiment for sure Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and to circle back what we mentioned earlier, that's such a cool place too to say like, okay, I'm going to go on this walk with no expectations, just going to be totally intuitive. And then maybe you want to sprinkle in a question like, universe, show me a magical, beautiful place mm-hmm. and then letting yourself be guided there. And I think it's it's just still keeps things really open. If anything, it kind of opens things up more, but anything's possible in each moment. Like any, anything could happen in that 30 minute walk or however long it is. Um, but just giving like a little whisper to the angels, to spirit, to whoever's listening, like, Ooh, like, can you surprise me and delight me with something like this? Like that would be cool. Um, but leaving enough space that you're not defining exactly what's going to come through. One other thing I want to mention is that an embodied life is a life that embraces discomfort. So in that example where that woman was like, oh, like, so crazy. Like, I think I want a burger. That was out of her comfort zone and she chose to embrace it. So like you were saying where like if someone asks you a question and instead of um, going into the answer that you always give, it might be a little uncomfortable too because, you know, you're like telling a story. I mean, I did this last night. I was telling a story about how um, my ex-partner of five years and I broke up and why we did it. And I know like the things to say and like the jokes and when the people laugh and things like that, it's entertaining. It was entertaining to me to tell the story the way that I know that it works and for it to be well received. So I'm getting that positive feedback from someone else saying, okay, yeah, you're doing a great job. Keep it this way. And in that moment, was I being fully embodied? Maybe, but maybe not. You know, that's for me to decipher. We can call upon some of the past, but if it's literally just, I'm going to read this script and say exactly what I said, that's different than like, okay, what what kind of energy do I want to bring to this present moment? Yeah. So in this example, it made sense for me to um, bring a little bit since I was on a date, you know, and I'm discussing something about my ex-partner. It felt embodied in that moment to bring a playful energy to it. Yeah. So to keep it light, to keep it with those jokes, um, that made sense. Now, it didn't need to be so serious. But reading the room, reading your own energy, reading the group dynamic energy, and then reading the energy of the present moment, that's embodied versus, okay, well, here's the the script that I have, and this is what I have to um, use. Yeah, and that's where being, being willing to be creative and being willing to be embodied and be in that discomfort, it takes courage because like, oh, I haven't, I haven't tested this piece mm-hmm. on an audience yet and been accepted by it. Like this is something new and the person could reject it or could judge it mm-hmm. or could push away. 
that's a that's a risk we take in in expressing ourselves. But is it worth it to speak what's true for you in the moment? Is it worth it to be present with what's alive? You get to yeah. decide that there's not a right or wrong answer. Sometimes it may feel a little bit more worth it to like do the thing that feels safe. That may feel more grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but giving ourselves the capability to put ourselves in those vulnerable situations. Um, and like for me in, in relationships, especially intimate relationships, like being vulnerable like that feels really big and it feels like um, it feels like the things I do are going to have an impact and are going to shape this relationship. So it's really powerful to practice being vulnerable in so many mm-hmm. other parts of life, like in a creative practice in a yoga class, like practice doing that wheel pose, even though like you've maybe never done it before or whatever. It's safe if you fall over on your mat in, in class. Cultivating a willingness to be vulnerable and a comfortability in the discomfort is such a creative superpower. Absolutely. I love that. Um, something that I said earlier in my class is like, this was just a part of the announcements at the beginning, um, how like this is your magic carpet. Like we are practicing <laughs> the magic skills so that you get to go out into the world and experience magic there. And so all of those things that you just described, like that's magic. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I want to tap into something else that you've done a lot of deep diving on, which is sexual, sensual energy. And there's such a strong connection between that and creativity. Like they're, they're pretty inseparable in my mind, but maybe for some people listening, it's like, what, like sex and art? <laughs> How could those two things go together? So like what just comes up for you when we put those two things at the same intersection? So in the lineage of yoga, we work with something that's called the chakra system. And the second chakra is your center of creativity. And it's also your center of um, sexuality, um, And this is the place where you quite literally birth life into existence. Mm -hmm. This is like, this is your vagina. Okay. It's your vulva, all the things, your womb space, your yoni, many ways to say the same thing. And if this thing, if this power center is so powerful that it can birth a literal human, (laughs) like what else is possible here? Hello? underutilized energy system like majorly um there's something here that we can tap into so many 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 of us are walking around with a bunch of potential energy um that's blocked that's stuffed that we're not fully embracing when it comes to our creativity because our sexual energy is blocked now Um, There is this phrase that I really, really love. It's called orgasmic innocence. Saida de Soleil is the one who um, Mm -hmm. coined that term. So when we begin to uh, sludge, uh, scrape off some of these stories and ideas about who our sexuality is for, what our sexuality means, what it means to be a sexual creature, and we begin to reclaim our own orgasmic innocence for us, for our own spiritual evolution, for um, uh, being of service to all, letting our sexuality work with and for us rather than 
push it down because it's not safe to be sexual because of XYZ, story, story, story. So much more creativity, like like the ideas, just the downloads just come in. It's, it's a lot less effort to create, whether that's creating a business plan, whether that is attracting in like a new client, um, creating like law of attraction, if you're trying to call in a new apartment, something like that. It's also fun. It's like, it's increasing your capacity to feel in general when you're working with something like the sexual energy, that's such a, um, like it's an exaggerated, joyful energy, right? Like an orgasm or like the clitoris, like all the nerve endings of pleasure right there. So you're training your brain and your body to experience pleasure in a safe way. You're telling the body like, it's safe. You know, so many of us are limiting our joy. So many of us are not fully, I mean, I know I am to a certain point. I don't know anyone I don't think that is a hundred percent. It might look like it, but I bet they have a little bit more that, that they could turn up the dial, you know? So the more that we train, it's almost like you're training for joy and you're training for self-love. You're training for creativity. You're training for, to be okay with change and innovation. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's extremely amazing to start working with this energy and reclaiming it for you because it is for you first and foremost to experience and to enjoy. Yeah. And then the last thing I want to say about that is that um, there are two teachers that are really great who teach some of these practices um, who have, one of them has a lot of free resources. Her name is Layla Martin um, and she has um, different breathing exercises, um, different tantric techniques and stuff like that, that she shows on her YouTube channel. Um, and then the other one is Kimonami and Kimonami has a podcast that's called orgasmic enlightenment, where you can start to learn some more about, um, the Taoist tantric tradition of honoring your sexual energy as sacred energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can link to those in the show notes so you guys can check them out. But yeah, I mean, this kind of just brings me to the thought of orgasm and the energy that that can bring in one's body. I mean, what's more inspiring and it's, it's a burst of fresh energy that kind of clears the cobwebs and perhaps even those old mental stories that we were talking about of like, that just feels so irrelevant when there's this fresh energy bursting through my body and through my heart. It's such a cool place to create from. And just like having sex creatively or being sensual with yourself in a creative way. There's so much room. Like we do not just need to all keep having missionary sex. Like there's so many (laughs) ways to bring the creative spirit into the bedroom, whether it be like literally like bring your paints into the bedroom and like give each other some tattoos or bring in some some cool music or some sensual objects or some food, whatever it is, touching your partner or yourself in a unique way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just discovering all these little nuances of like, oh, wow, there's like so much more pleasure and inspiration and just straight up fun available to us just by being willing to like open that door. Yes, we're allowed to play. And that idea too, like you were saying, of allowing for creativity, creativity and play a lot of times go hand in hand. For sure. And play is something that 
it makes me so sad of like how many adults become out of touch with that. And I feel like it's around maybe like middle school, high school age that we begin to kind of sever that tie with play because things maybe school becomes more serious or sports become more serious or we're just more wrapped up in like who's who and who's doing what and all that business. And I feel like part of the work for us is to go back and reclaim that part of ourselves that knows how to play. They haven't gotten anywhere. They just might be buried under a little bit of rubble. And so playfulness Playfulness in the bedroom is such a cool space to practice that, but bringing playfulness into all areas of life, just like you were saying with embodiment of like every, every moment can be orgasmic. Orgasmic and playfulness are kind of two ends of the same coin. Um, they, They go together, they move together. So being willing to be in that energy, being willing to just embody your sensual energy, um, leads to just a more, a more playful, joyful life where, creation isn't something that you even have to think about or be all that strategic about. It's just like, oh, I'm inspired. I'm going to like do this thing. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it just happens in this really natural, organic way. Yeah. Also the idea of like what it means to be a hot girl or a sexy girl, (laughs) like these things, you know, do we have this like serious energy? Like you were saying, like the missionary sex of like, okay, like we have sex this way. Like, and then like you come and then we go to bed. Like there's nothing that doesn't sound playful. That doesn't sound innovative or creative, but if it's like, you know what, like, I'm going to like, I don't know, we're going to put on like a different playlist. Like we've never listened to like seventies music while we've had Mm -hmm. sex. Like wonder what that's like. Like, I don't know, but it's opening up the can of like, I don't know how this is going to go. This could go quote unquote wrong or horribly, but it's that trust in self and trust in the partnership too, the security of like, there's love here. There's, there's a non-judgmental container, which is why it's so important to choose um, partners that reflect back to us this sense of love safety non-judgment so that you can fully allow yourself to like you were saying just in the yoga studio where that container of non-judgment it's yeah a lot of times the yoga teacher even says this is a non-judgmental zone it's set up so then you feel free to okay i'm going to do this weird thing with my body Mm -hmm. so choosing a partner that makes you feel that way is imperative for you to tap into these deep um, orgasmic states. Exactly. And that same thing relates to any creative practice of like having the container for it and then having the flow in the play space. Like what does a safe container look like for your creative practice? If writing is your creative practice, like do you have a a cozy little desk and a set Mm -hmm. amount of time and maybe you light a candle to start and you blow out the candle when you're done? Like what does the container for your creative practice look like? Does it feel safe and comfortable? Um, Because when you have that safety, when you have that comfort and you feel encouraged and supported, then that just makes everything possible. And I'm thinking about the play example too, of like little kids playing in their playroom. Like Mm -hmm. they know that mom is making snacks for them, that they're safe in their house. They're comfortable with all their toys around them. And so anything is possible. <laughs> Even mm-hmm. the moon or um, their dolls getting married or all, all, all parts of life are available and the imagination is 
is free to run wild because we know that our base level needs are are taken care of. And I'm just also just a bit saddened of like, gosh, how many of us are walking around feeling like our base level needs aren't taken care of? And how much is that inhibiting what we could all be creating here on planet Earth? Like what could we Absolutely. felt safe, accepted, cared for, provided for? And there's a difference between, I think what you're getting at too, is there's a difference between like, there are people in this world that actually do not have their base needs met. Mm -hmm. And there are people in this world that have their base needs met, but have a limited belief that they are not met. Right. Yeah. And so you are saying, what if those, are you saying, what if everyone had all, all those base needs met? I think that would be really cool. <laughs> and also, yeah, and yeah, also yeah. what if those of us who do have them met could feel mm -hmm. on that level? And I think that's where mm -hmm. healing past traumas comes in, where looking at what our mindsets and the stories we tell ourselves about our life come in. Absolutely. That's what I noticed when I started working with my second chakra was I started to feel a lot more secure in this world. I started to feel a lot more secure with my friends. I should feel a lot more secure with my body, a lot more secure stuff that like, I didn't even know I was insecure or like, I didn't, I didn't know that this new level, I, I didn't necessarily, um, I thought it was just kind of normal, you know, to just like, oh yeah, like, well, I mean, no one really likes their body or like, mm, everyone feels like their friends are going to abandon them a little bit. Right. Like just these <laughs> things that I like really normalized that were like, no, that's not, <laughs> not everyone thinks that that's a you thing. Um, but it started to become unlocked and unblocked without even consciously going into the old trauma, going into the old memory, just circulating the sexual energy. Really just like the yoga practice, like you were saying, where when we work with the body, these limited thoughts, limited beliefs, old traumas begin to naturally heal um, and align themselves correctly in a balanced way. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. You no, I'm not saying that. It. I love that. <laughs> right. You don't have to think about that. it. And it's your, if it's fun, right? Like if it's fun for you to know why, and you enjoy that sort of philosophical getting to the root of blah, blah, blah. Great. But I'm not that interested most of the time. I just want results. <laughs> um, and I love a workout. <laughs> like, I'm obsessed with the body. I, I love to move. If you like to move and you identify, if you want to um, have orgasms as you're healing, you know, would you rather that or like, yes, go to talk therapy? I mean, it's a no brainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one other thing I want to ask you about that kind of relates to all this um, is your work around heartbreak. So this is something that you mentor women through if they are experiencing a heartbreak, the end of a relationship. And in relation to the rest of our conversation, what that what that can feel like is that safe container that you're being held in falls apart. And, you know, you then you're just kind of like this vulnerable person experiencing something new. And I think of it kind of like a 
like the way that a snake sheds its skin and it's going to grow a new skin. It's going to be fine. But man, it probably feels really vulnerable and sensitive to like right after that skin is shed. So I want to talk with you about reframing breakup moments that can just be really heart-wrenching. Reframing heartbreak as actually like breaking open and as a really radical opportunity to create something totally new. How do you guide people through that journey? Because like that's a creative process for sure. Absolutely. Well, first of all, we do a great job of um, celebrating beginnings and as a society, and we don't have as much of a focus on endings. Right. The most extreme example of this is death. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to, it's, oh, we don't talk about that. We don't look at that, blah, blah, blah. Um, we're all going to die. We all break up with something or someone at some point. There is a break. There is change. These things are a part of the human experience. They are embedded in it. Even um, intention setting at the beginning versus like, huh, you know, how was my last month? Like, how did I do? Mm -hmm. One of them sexier than the other to our minds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So there's this opportunity. There's this huge like need really for humans to have support during transitional times like this, because quite frankly, there just aren't enough people who are brave enough to go into that energy, maybe because they're scared of that unknown place of something ending. When in reality, there is this shamanic cycle always Mm -hmm. of um, beginning, something dies, something's created, something dies, something's created. So it's a yin and a yang to it. Um, it's an opportunity. It's, it's, it's an opportunity to use a ton of potential energy, heartbreak, this person that you were attached to all the time, the energy that you were spending with this person, um, even in your mind, thinking about this person, taking this person into account, blah, 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 blah. Regardless of if you were in a codependent or an interdependent, There was this other person here. Yeah. And there's all this energy that was being directed towards them. Regardless of if you were getting it back or not, now you have all this potential energy available. And now you get to direct it back onto you. So that means that it's a great time to try something that you've always wanted to try. You quite literally, you have energy freed up. Whether that's like, you know what, like, I've always wanted to go to Italy, but I've never been. You have the energy right now to do it. Um, I I want to, and it's the creative energy too, right? Because it is the sexual energy that was being exchanged with this other person. So there's an opportunity to create. Maybe you create a book club. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you start creating new recipes that you follow, things like that. So just a huge upgrade is available for yourself to assess, just like companies do at the end of every quarter. Okay, what's working well? What would we like to shift for the next quarter? It's like that. It's like, okay, what's what work? What is working well within me? It's not so much about the 
the relationship, what worked well in the relationship, blah, blah, blah. It's like, how was I just now for the past few months mm-hmm. existing with this other person, with our energies intermingling with each other? How was I doing? And how do I want to be moving forward? Right. And what are the steps and the the things that I need to do to align myself in that direction? Yeah. It sounds like something that can keep us from just repeating old patterns with new people, <laughs> which is so major. And then something else that you're really wonderful at teaching that I want to hear your thoughts on is just the the act of redirecting our sexual energy from being focused on other people and giving it back to oneself and creating a sensual relationship with yourself, which is so cool because like you get to keep that for the rest of your life. Other people are probably going to come and go. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Okay. So first of all, when you are dating from a place of having your own needs met, you are not in scarcity mindset. Mm. You most likely are not going to see someone for what can you give me and more, what can we co-create together? How can, how can we grow together? Um, more of that, you know, getting those base level needs met, um, as far as just like your animalistic self goes, masturbating, it's okay to do that. (laughs) And if you are dating from a place where you have a self-love practice of self-touch, then again, it's not like, it doesn't mean so much. There's not as much meaning um, behind the sexual element of things. And that can be very refreshing and and like, like a a weight off the shoulders. So the vibe that you're giving off is very different when you're like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I I don't need anything from you. I'm here to see what we can co-create together. Um, So what a self-love practice might look like that involves touch can be something as simple as putting on some music um maybe making yourself a lovely beverage that you really enjoy whether that is something like a warm cozy tea like a chai tea um or like like a honey vanilla latte or something like that cacao um having that available putting on some music. So we're involving our senses. That's what makes it a sensual practice. Perhaps we are drinking in this beverage, consciously bringing attention to how good it tastes, asking the mind, showing that it's safe to focus on what isn't a problem in this moment. Staying with that and knowing that this is a moving meditation. Then from there, perhaps you take a few breaths in order to drop a bit deeper now into your physical body. And perhaps you begin to stroke your arms the way that God would stroke you, you know, the way that um, like your most highest, highest self, as if you could bestow upon your own body, like this angelic energy, 
or perhaps there's an intention that you're working with like okay within these few breaths like who what am i dedicating my practice to today perhaps it's peace and then each time that your arms are being stroked that mantra of peace or that feeling of peace is reverberating through all of the energy systems within you and then naturally perhaps you move your hands to your heart to your breasts and perhaps that's where you stay you know there's no need to that is that's a self-love practice that's a self-touch practice that is masturbation <laughs> you know masturbation does not need to be this really quick go 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 do 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 that's an embodied practice and sometimes it is that sometimes it's like you know what <laughs> and you get on my vibrator yeah yeah and that and there's room for it all but it's like oh what do I really need yeah and like you were saying when you put your hand on your belly and your heart and you're like hmm mm-hmm. what do I really need yeah yeah, I love these elements of just making it special, making this a special experience um, because you're essentially dating yourself and you're setting the standard of how you date and how other people mm-hmm. treat you. And it's like once you create that kind of experience and sensual standard for yourself with the heart involved, that's so important too. It's like anything that doesn't meet or exceed that is just like, eh. I don't really need that. <laughs> I'm not really Absolutely. in that. Because you know that if you need to, you can bust one out. You know how to do it. <laughs> we you get know. to a point where you've mastered that. Yeah. So that is important. And and knowing that it's one and the same. That is not like shadow or bad or anything. Just different you flavor. You can do that. Yeah. Right. We, we that like to have loving people. attention. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's something just really powerful in all of this too about being responsible for your own pleasure of not giving that power to someone else. Even if it's like you're, you've been married for 10, 15 years, like you can still be responsible for your own pleasure. And I think that leaves a lot of space for what you mentioned earlier about like, then the relationship just becomes like, Ooh, what can we co-create together right now? Versus it being more transactional of like, I need this thing from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've certainly been in situations where I have made other people responsible for my pleasure mm. and I can look back and see, okay, I was taking from them yeah. that that wasn't honorable of me. And I've been in situations too, where I felt responsible for someone else's pleasure. Yeah. And that feels like someone is taking from you or like there's an obligation or if I don't, then what's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. So it's like a two way street. And the more that we become sensitive to all of the pleasure that is accessible through things beyond like just going straight in for it, the more we sensitize ourselves to like the sweetness of just like stroking your arm. Mm -hmm. You could have an orgasm as that. Yes, yes, yes. The better and brighter everything else gets in Mm. life, not just in sex. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that I really like to do in this podcast space is just talk about things that one wouldn't usually associate with art and creativity. And I feel like we've done a lot of that. And there's some nonlinear connections that we've drawn here that 
I think will either unfold in a really cool way as time goes on and maybe some things just don't even make sense and like we said they don't need to make sense but um thank you for going into this space is there anything else coming up for you that you want to share I feel great cool this is actually probably my longest podcast episode to date we're at like a little over an hour um Natalie where can people connect with you um, on my website is going to be the best place, which is modernwoman.yoga or on Instagram, which is Natalie S. Raphael. Cool. I will link people there. And will you share a little bit about like what your offerings are? Yes. So I primarily work um, in the space of helping women heal out of their masculine energy and into their feminine so all these ideas that we were talking about about moving out of the head into the body as this has been my own practice um, for gaining the most spiritual awareness and the most fulfillment for life so this is done through private yoga um, coaching um, and reiki healing nice cool well i will link your website and social media so people can find you um thank you bestie for being here with me it's so fun thank you i love you i love you that was so much fun i hope you just felt like you were hanging out in the living room with a couple of best friends and i hope that you gained some interesting perspectives from our conversation you can find all the ways to reach Natalie in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. She has a beautiful website designed by yours truly. We got to work together on her branding and website design and all that fun stuff, which was just a blast for me, an absolute blast. And if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and send it to your own best friend. Send it to that person who you love to talk about your inner explorations and your relationships with, and maybe you guys can find something new to jive on. I wanted to remind you again about the new journal that I just published, the Rising Sun Journal. I'm super stoked on this. I was telling some friends, I'm like almost more excited about this than I was about the book, um, which seems unproportional, but I'm just, I'm just excited about it. I really like the content of it. So I'm so happy to share that with you. You can again find that at midday.com, which it's also linked in the show notes. I'll catch you here next month with a solo episode. We'll get to go deep on something fun. And until then, be in touch, be well, sending